Okay, hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Today we are joined by the talented historian and author, Deb Hunter. Welcome to the room, Han. Oh, thank you so much for having me and happy 4th of July. Oh, happy 4th to you as well. well um, I guess I should say happy Canada Day because it is their day first. Oh, uh, true, true. I did see some posts of that on Facebook. So that's very nice to know. Um, I've got a few questions. You want to go ahead and we start? Sure. That's fine with me if it's okay with you. Oh, it's it's fine. <laughs> More than fine with me. I'm so excited to do it. Um, okay. So um, I looked you up and I was really impressed by everything I found. I was like, wow, she's so great. And one of the things that sparked my curiosity was uh, your background as a historian. And you had mentioned in one of your um, posts that I had saw that you came from Tennessee, your family's farm. And what I was curious about was what exact incident in your life made the historian in you emerge? This is so weird. Um, we have a cave. And um, when you're old enough, you get to go into the cave. So when you go into the cave, first off, you everything that's ever been in there stays there. So all the Cherokee artifacts are there and it made me realize people have been here a long time before me or the people I knew, my family. And it really made me fall in love with history. So kind of a, a nerdy answer, but that's just how it happened. That's interesting. And what kind of things were you finding in the cave? Um, just the, the corn pedestals. And they, they had different sizes of uh, pedestals and mortars, they're called. They used some for food, some for um, like medicines, herbs, things like that. Of course, arrowheads, spearheads. And then this part of Tennessee played... Um, it was really important during the American Civil War. So, you know, we might dig a garden and find mini balls or walk in our fields and find old horseshoes or mule shoes where the Union Army went through here. So it's just kind of been around me my entire life. Well, that's interesting. Were they all intact as well when you found them inside or were they just in pieces? Uh, they were older. You could tell they'd been there a long time. Huh, that would be really interesting. Are they still there? Do you know if they're still there? Oh, of course. They're still here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I was just asking. <laughs> we we literally have every arrowhead, spearhead, horseshoe, mule shoe, mini ball. My dad and I have saved absolutely everything. That's awesome. That's kind of like a little museum in itself. Well, I guess it is. I guess you could call it a museum. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I really do. Now, I, I need, I need to get ahead. a curator. <laughs> <laughs> now, as I, as I researched you even more, um, what, in, what sparked me was because I, I wrote a little book, not probably nothing what you have done, but kind of like the time travel and stuff. So I was really intrigued by that, that you wrote a time traveling book. And what I took notice of was um, the title. 
I'll see you in my dreams. I found that really alluring. Can you tell us a little bit of its creation and how it came about? Thank you for asking. That is a very, very good question. Um, I get a lot of my creative input from my dreams. So that's literally where the idea came from. I'll wake up with something on my mind and it's like, I know it's meant for one of my characters. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Um, So I thought I couldn't come up with a title this time for whatever reason. Most of the time, I'll know the title before I write the book. And this time I didn't. It had about four different titles. And I finally just emailed my editor and said, I've got to turn this thing in. You know, how does this sound? And we decided to go with it. But the book started out in 2016. And um, I thought, I just don't want to do a rock star romance. You know, that's just not, it's got to be something different. And I thought, well, I'll just work in some of this Civil War reconstruction stuff and get that out of my system. And of course, there's a Tudor history subplot in there. And um, that way I kind of got to play with everything a lot from the past. Hmm. So now, anyway, I, that's how I came up with the top. Go ahead, honey, go ahead. <laughs> but a lot of it came to me in dreams or the the character. Like, uh, sometimes if I can't work something out with a character, I will literally have a dream. And I've read a lot of musicians do that and some authors. It's mm-hmm. just your subconscious the in the creative mind the way we work somehow now you have you and i have that in common too because on my time travel book came from a dream not quite the way my book is but it was a weird dream and i was like wow that's a interesting take to take on that um but when you mentioned that when you back when you were talking about how you didn't have a title um let's let's break that down just a little bit so do you normally have your titles and all your plots and characters and everything outlined before you start writing? You know, I really do. <clears throat> Excuse me, my allergies. Not to the extent a lot of authors do. I looked at a program yesterday called Dabble, which is very intriguing, but I do not think in a linear fashion. I'm more creative than that. So um, I'll outline, use my outline. Um, I'm different than a lot of authors. I've, I've taken writing courses. I have a, um, a degree in, in literature, mm-hmm. but um, I took acting. And acting really gives you insight into character nuances. And I think that's yeah. been part of my success because I understand how characters think. So it's not... It's as much about the characters as it is the story with me. And thank you for asking that. It's another well, you're, good question. You're welcome. Hey, I try my best on these. <laughs> I try to get my stuff together. It's rare, but I do have my moments. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you very much. Um, let's see. Um, what would you like to tell us about your push toward all things to door? I mean, what motivated you? What motivated you in your life to go in that direction? I was diagnosed completely out of the blue in early 2018 with stage four cancer. And um, 
course, it completely changed my husband and, and my life and had to have numerous operations and procedures to, to save my life. And a few of my friends and family said, and this is a direct quote, one of them said, why don't you start a group about this thing you talk about all the time, talking about <laughs> Tudor history? So um, I started a Tudor history group, and there were 40 of us, and I would just post you know, things that happened on this day or podcast I heard about or, you know, just different fun things. And next thing I know, um, this time last year, we had 2,000 members and we are now right on the verge of having 15,000 members. So it's wow. become a bit of a phenomenon. And um, I was telling a friend of mine that I see in here today that um, we're, we're kind of like a a Tudor history mosh pit. We just share history. We we share funny things. Um, you know, it's straight up history. It's historical fiction. We're getting ready to have a party when we hit fifteen thousand. So you know, there's there's some of that going on, and it's it's everything. It, there are educators. There are people that have seen the Spanish princess and don't know anything else about Tudor history. And I absolutely love it. And I, I think it's been a huge part of my healing process because we are so positive and to have a group that size, we have literally only had to block a very few people. So right. it, it's just a good, positive, creative outlet for everyone, I think. So you turned the negative into a positive they turned a negative into a positive for me because it was only supposed to be a small group and um and look what they've done they've made it a huge group and they've made it a fun group and um they literally make my day every single day that's <clears throat> interesting i really applaud you for that i mean it's it's better always have a brighter side to everything if you possibly can. It's not always easy, but it is a success story when you can. Um, you talked about um, the Spanish princess. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I know it's one of the more positive posts we have that <clears throat> the Tudors by Showtime, even though it came out in what, 2009, that still seems to be the most popular series that's been out there. Um, mm -hmm. But lately, The Spanish Princess has kind of captured everyone's imagination. How so? You would have to ask them. Some some people like the costumes. Some Some, it's just simply the first time they've ever heard of Tudor history. So... I guess they Google all things Tudor and it brings them to my group. So I, I just kind of listen to their different stories and find out what they like about it. But it, it's always different things. So it's hard to pinpoint just one thing. Right. Well, that kind of answers my next question in your estimation. What is the biggest lure to Tudor? <laughs> so that kind of answers that a little bit as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about Fables, a two-door fairy tale for a second. Sure. How did this, how did this book come about for you? Amazon is starting episodic fiction. 
to compete with Wattpad and Reddish. And one of the things, um, well, first off, I was one of the first authors they contacted because everything I've written is short, short stories, short novels, novellas. So I guess I'm a prime candidate to write a short, a group of short stories for them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's going to launch sometime in July. They have not given us an exact date, but I did notice today my first episode moved from being what they call live to scheduled to launch. So what I've done with this one, I've, I've really wanted to do something about Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn. Um, but I didn't really want to get deep into the history because once you get in those archives and digging around, it's really hard to get out and start writing for some of us. So I thought, well, I'll make up some fiction. So what I have are two actors playing Henry and Anne, and the two actors are supposed to be playing this couple that's deeply in love with each other, one of the greatest love stories in history, but the actors playing them absolutely hate each other. And it is so much fun, and it's set in New Orleans, which a lot of filming is in New Orleans anymore, and that's just a wonderful backdrop. I don't know if you've ever been there, but there is so much you can play on there. You can play on the food. You can play on their history. You can play, you know, vampires. We've got voodoo and root mamas. Uh, there's just so much you can do in New Orleans that will work in with Tudor history, believe it or not. <laughs> the only thing I know about New Orleans is um, True Blood, um, Sookie Stackhouse series, and I really adored that. So, yes, I can understand what you're saying. There is a lot, though, that you can draw upon. Well, um, um, go ahead. It's just a, it's, they call themselves a tea room, but they're a little psychic shop. And I thought everyone knew about them. They're called Bottom of the Cup. And it turns out, it's just one of those places. I don't know how people have missed it. I guess because it's not a bar, um, but it's just right there in the quarter. And I mentioned it in two of my writers groups and only one person had even heard of it. And it's because she went to school there. So, you know, just things like that as a writer, you can bring little nuances like that out and give them a, a big role, even though they're an establishment. So um, it's it's going to play a part in the story. But I have found, it, found it's very fun to write episodes instead of having to write a full novel, because you can sit down and, and just write out 1,500 words in no time. Or at least I can. <laughs> well, I like to know. I like shorts myself. Um, I, I only do, I do novellas, so I, I get that totally. And you actually answered, I'm writing these down and you're just answering every question. I'd start to jot down again. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there goes that one. That goes that one. Yeah. I forgot uh, to tell you, I'm a little bit psychic. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> well, great. That just jinxed me all together there. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I did make a note on this. So let's, let's try this. Um, let's see how well you are on the fly. And you tell me if you can do this or not, or if it's taken too much away from your story, you let me know. But you mentioned the bottom of the cup. Let's be descriptive enough. And let's, in this podcast, we have like six minutes left. So let's fill as much as we can and try to tell us and the listeners about the bottom of the cup and be as descriptive, descriptive as you can to allure more people to this little place. 
to bottom of the cup or to my yeah. story? To the bottom of the cup, and that can lead right into the story as well. Tell us a little bit more that's going to entice us to bring, want to look you up and find this book and this place. Okay. The two main stories, the, the girl, woman, is from Georgia, rural Georgia. She has fought and clawed her way to finally get her breakthrough role. And she's talented enough to take on an English accent, and she's playing Anne Boleyn. Her co-star is English. He has been <laughs> a meteorologist on Sky TV, and they do not get along. It's a total culture clash. So um, from there, Daisy is her name. She decides, in the meantime, she hears from an ex. Um, she also hears from um, someone in Europe. That will have to be a surprise. Um, course, they're a made-up character. They're not a real person, but she's been invited to be on someone very famous on their blog. And um, But she thinks in order to get along with Max, who is her co-star, she decides to go to bottom of the cup and ask for an energy spell just to help them get along while they're filming because their relationship is so rocky and so bad. So this spell goes all kinds of ways and there's all kinds of potential there as an author, as you can only believe. So you'll have to tune in to see what happens next. The first I three stories are free too. So that that's good to, to know. Now, how does one go about to get this, the first three stories? I mean, when they come out, I'm sure I'm assuming it's not out yet currently, right? They have not given us a launch date at all. And okay. um, I've actually emailed Amazon today and heard back almost immediately. And they said the thing to do is to follow the author. And I also have the ASIN number for my series. So if anyone is interested, I can give that to them. But they said the main thing would be just to follow the author on their Amazon page because mm -hmm. when it goes live, followers will get an email saying this story is now available. Okay. Well, I can tell you right now, as soon as we're off the air, I'm going to your, your name on Amazon and I'm liking you and linking up. It's really fun writing these episodes because, um, and you like shorts as well. Yes, I don't I have do. to worry about where the whole novel is going. It's just like, I just have to worry about these first three. And one thing I think I may do kind of playing on bottom of the cup mm -hmm. after the first three, I may actually draw a tarot card for my next stories and let that tarot card be the name of the story and do something, you know, like if I get the star, it's going to be, around either Max or Daisy. So just, just to see how it goes, that's something I'm toying with. So, you know, just to spark that creative thing we have. Right. Well, now you have been to the bottom of the club, the bottom of the cup. Yes. Oh yeah. For tea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I trust you. It's just for tea. I get you. Um, anyways. <laughs> Describe to me what it looks like when you go in. I mean, if you can. 
Because when you say the name, I'm thinking like um, something magical, like the Weasley's house on Harry Potter, when you first saw that on the screen, uh, just because of the name. And you know what I'm saying? Just uh, there's a lot of images going through my head. Can you describe it as if we were going to walk into the door and what would we see? It's very close to historic New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So you would leave there and you would see this little teacup and saucer that would simply say bottom of the cup. And that's probably why most people don't know about it. Um, it says bottom of the cup established 1929. And you walk in and it's just a crystals and it's a very small area, but then from what I've seen, people that get a reading, someone literally comes out from like these velvet curtains. (laughs) It's really, you know, from the storefront, you wouldn't think anything about it because you can sit there, have tea. They have a few books, the crystals and things. But I guess when you go in the back, you get to talk to your reader. I may need to go to New Orleans and research this a little more, but um, it's really a fascinating little place. And I'm not going to give away too many secrets anyway. <laughs> well, I'm assuming they're going to come out in the stories, right? Because I'm now I'm more intrigued than ever, especially when you mentioned their tea reading. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I'm totally into that. Um, they okay. have a reader. They have a reader. Honest to goodness, he has been there, someone said, 40 years. Wow. He has been living in the quarter and reading for bottom of the cup for that long. Wow. We have, I mean, that's legendary. Nice. We have um, less than 34 seconds left. What would you like our listeners to take away from this interview today? Oh, I would just want to thank everyone. Just every single person that's ever read even one page of anything I wrote or read my blog or been part of my group or even retweeted me or liked something on social media. I, I appreciate absolutely everything people have done for me. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much, Deb, for being with us this evening and taking a moment just to have our listeners be able to share a bit of your life and your past and your writing and your future all rolled up in one. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you all here again on the vlogging pod. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.